0: Good afternoon, evening, good morning, uh, depending on when you're watching or listening to the podcast. Uh, this is San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. uh Joining me, we got a full table. We got Royce. How are you?
1: Calling me first. Nice. Uh I'm all right. <laughs> I'm here. You're, you're right uh,
0: next to me on the upper, upper, upper row. Well, well there you go. <laughs> Uh, Robert, uh, how are you uh, and, and all the fans behind you? Can you hear us, Robert? We'll go to Rafa. How are you, Rafa? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Uh, how is everybody dealing with the heat?
2: Yeah. I'm used to
0: it.
2: <laughs> when you come from the border, you're used to it. There's not, nothing more you can do; just chug a lot of water.
1: I am. Uh, I am not from um, the border. I'm uh, from the Midwest, and uh, I'm dying little every day. And um, oh, I can't. I can't seem to stay hydrated. So uh, this is bad. Um, uh, and also the. Uh, daily uh, reminders that are uh, that our electric grid is um, bordering on collapse those are those are really fun as well so we're having a great time
0: <laughs> robert how are you and i don't know i, I can't see harry so let me reboot real quick well, Robert's right. doing okay or he was up until <laughs> the uh, show started and then all of a sudden... You're just a spinning, bam. spinning...
1: Uh... Nice. Yeah, we can hear it, We can hear it. Well, there you go. Keep so there. I guess he's going to reboot. That's uh, a little peek behind the curtain. That's the second time that uh, we've had him on um, so far in this recording. And uh, we're 0 for 2. So we'll... Uh, uh, unlike um, unlike uh, San Antonio FC... Uh, we're not doing too good with Robert right now. So uh, let's uh, try that again. And let's talk about um, speaking of zero to two or two to zero um, this past game against uh, Charleston battery. Harry, take it away.
0: Well, let's start out with the first one before that, which was Tulsa. Uh, we ah. didn't cover Tulsa, um, which was a two to one match uh, for that here. And now we got the uh, video all queued up here. And, Ready to roll.
2: The second most games at an opponent's venue without a victory. Tulsa at San Antonio. Here we go. Lightning delayed us, but it couldn't stop us. San Antonio FC hosting FC Tulsa former head coach.
1: Mike Watts with the uh, facts there. Yeah, on ESPN2. The
2: one day it does rain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is true. No, I know. Come back ESPN two. We need more Carlin. rain for sure. Angling. In, and Tulsa so, has opened the
0: scoring on the
1: road. It's Williams again. Yeah, there was a definite push, the push there in front it that didn't get called. And yeah. Pretty pretty obvious two handed shove, but hey, uh, sometimes they don't call him Carlin. and you gotta be stronger Ketter.
0: than that sometimes. McFarland, the from the former bold kills us again. That was his first match with them, I believe, as well. For second. <laughs> the run of play was that uh, a? Was that gonna That again. was their new coach's first game as well, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was second, it the second because it may have been third because he played yeah. one before and they, get, they gotcha. just got ran out of the building. Gotcha. From San Antonio, and then here's the service.
1: Yeah, also as a reminder, this game was, what, an hour, an hour and a half delayed? Yes. Late? So, late game. Pretty much a West Coast game.
0: <laughs> what a play by
1: Abu there to keep that alive.
0: As well. What Maloney's a shot.
1: Maloney's had a couple really good looks keep and an a couple really good shots this season. Like they just haven't gone in. Sure
0: no matter who comes except into this for club, uh there's going
1: to be a betting process
0: like no the look. goal in the uh, open cup oh, the by
1: and that's what you He's love only to see just come into the game! that's what you love to see a new signing yes he was here last season but a new signing that immediately paying dividends right there He's lit and
2: the for spoiler
1: alert the He's on not his only goal turns. for us they this season so
2: don't no so, passing yeah. accuracy Bologna pulling off the, the Rodrigo sub in to right away. That's a beautiful header there. Yeah,
0: because that was Dylan that got on subbed on at the half, and then uh, Bologna came Justin in right before this here. Just the,
2: to to angle that, you know, diving back. This is just, those and we'll
1: and this is something I want to talk about later when we start talking about who we think is going to have the biggest impact in the second half of the season. Remember the play by Sam Adinor. Marcina get a little lightheaded there
0: We're out of the excitement. Get <laughs> the excitement. <laughs> and to me, what struck me out, because I watched this game at home, um, was My just how quick the, the san antonio fc can just flip that switch um you know because the first half was fairly slow uneventful
1: well the the first half tulsa stayed in their own half right and this is what i don't understand this is what i don't understand about what tulsa did and obviously SAC took advantage but oh man that miss just mm. missed but It amazes me. Tulsa just stayed in their own half. They kind of did what Charleston did, but they're a little more organized than what Charleston was. They stayed in their own half. They frustrated uh, uh, SAFC, and then they had that one chance, that one cross, and they scored off of it, which a team similar to San Antonio, this is the same thing we saw San Antonio do to Colorado Springs. It's Mm -hmm. a perfect game plan. Sit back, defend, take your chance when you get it, Hey, and then defend till the end and defend that lead. What I didn't get was in the second half, Tulsa came out a little bit and they were kind of having a little bit of a higher line and they got bitten for it. I I don't understand what they were doing there in the second half, but I'll take it. I'll take the three points and congrats on Tulsa for being the only Eastern conference team that San Antonio FC has played that has scored on them. We'll see what happens with Atlanta. Uh, That may change with Atlanta too, because they, as we've discussed pre-show they do score goals um they can't defend
0: anybody but can't defend
1: yeah. very well but they do score goals so we'll <laughs> see what atlanta does but um we'll go over the stats against the eastern conference after the uh the charleston highlights because they are astonishing um,
0: and and the video is via youtube via you know usl championship page espn2 um, espn, two, ESPN, ESPN plus. Uh, that was an espn2 game um as well although you can re-watch it now on espn plus uh, stats for the match. Um, surprisingly, uh, SAFC was 50-50 on possession in the first half, which is what uh, Royce is kind of talking about. We actually had 55% of the ball. Uh, Tulsa had 45. And that, you know, you know, watching the game at home, you could tell San Antonio wasn't comfortable, you know, because that's not their normal playing style. Uh, but in the second half, you know, kind of what you know Royce is talking about here um it switched to 43 to 57 percent for you know for uh tulsa uh for that here but san antonio had 17 shots four on target um five corner kicks each team had five corner kicks um 15 to 12 on fouls um san antonio only had one big chance uh, tulsa had two and converted and missed one um Passes also was fairly equal, 336 passes to 345. Once again, that's pretty close to a season high for San Antonio. And and the biggest thing that you know was different is interceptions and clearances. Tulsa actually won those. We had 13 and 11, and Tulsa had 16 and 19, which historically, uh, that that goes the other way. And and I have a feeling that's going to be, when when we look at the stats from uh, Charleston, just because their decision to on how they played it is, you know, just, just nuts. But we'll, we'll get to that here in a second. But, um, Rafa, your thoughts on the Tulsa match? Uh, tight, tight win. You know, it was about a little bit over five thousand fans there. Um, Goal in the fifty fifth, fifty seventh minute, and then then the defense kind of shut them down.
2: Yeah, I think like early on we came on strong. We dominated a little bit, about the first twenty minutes, and then some, you know, something just we just couldn't get it going. And I'm wondering if that more had to do more with the hangover of that Colorado win because we mm-hmm. had just won a few days before. That's so Saturday. I wonder if that, yeah. That, yeah. So I wonder or, if that was
1: that. or that it was like started the game an hour and a half late as we discussed because yeah. of the the storm delay. So yeah.
2: So uh, but, yep. But we like I said, we're able to get it going second half and. Get those two quick goals and and go on to the next. And that's what we need, and that's what we need to do. We just need to make sure I think this is like the the these are the games that we really need need to get the three points. That we shouldn't be giving up anything before we get to that rough patch that's coming soon.
0: Yeah. To me when I was looking at these three matches here is if we can get the if we can get the nine points, and we've already got six, and there's one more left, and, and we'll talk about, um, you know, uh, at the end of the, probably closer to the end of the show, um, facing against Atlanta United too. To me, have, being able to pick up those nine points, and especially where we have games in hand over most teams, uh, could, could could play huge. Um, and when we talk about the the second half uh, the second half uh, decisions here, uh, the schedule while might seem a little bit more challenging. It's very home driven, which I think be- also benefits San Antonio uh, FC as as well here. And Matt, uh, how are you? Uh, nice to nice to see your comments here. And who's the new guy? That's not Rafa. Um, that was. Robert, um, but
1: uh, No, no, Talk about Rafa Just with the glasses and the hat and the shaver. beard Yeah, yeah. unfortunately uh, Robert had technical Difficulties, i.e. his internet's out So, good times
0: <laughs> So, moving on to uh, The The uh, Charleston match uh, the, uh, Charleston,
1: Char- the Charleston The uh, Charleston Olympic diving team Yep
0: well, I just thought they kept everybody back and didn't really want to didn't really want to play well, but you know, that's a whole separate discussion.
1: Well, that's, that's what they did, but toward the end, whenever they realized they were going to lose, they decided I'm just going <laughs> to just going to fall over. Well, it wasn't even at the end. It was the 31st minute when Kamiri got his yellow card for for um for something. For well, yeah, I mean, putting his hand on the dude's shoulder and the dude
0: Swap. thinking.
1: Yeah, that was yes embarrassing and it was even more embarrassing as a ref fell for it so good times
0: well usl refs had a rough week and we'll just leave it at that this past <laughs> weekend here what
1: so, the hell you say <laughs> so,
0: at least he didn't get a red card so we should just be yeah. fair uh but far with the with the uh, start tainer Camiri, garcia maloney pc abu gomez uh sam Adinorin, patino and dylan so the three forwards up top um, your guys' thoughts on having three forwards, uh, starting up top. That's, that's
2: the, I guess this is the dream, the dream lineup. This is the attacking lineup. This, we're going in for the kill lineup
0: because when you
2: play a three, three, five, two, okay. it's a def, it's a more defensive. You want to, cause you're probably going to get someone that's strong offensively. <laughs> I, th- I think they realize that Charleston, they probably watching on video or none of what we saw in person. They were not good defensively so like let's 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 challenge him let's put our three big horses out there and let's see if they can contain him and so forth so that was the lineup that I, that I saw let's see for that I, night.
1: I, I don't know if I agree with that and and I think it's just a system thing i uh,
2: what,
1: what I think that Marcina has implemented and this is a very interesting thing and this has kind of been an evolving thing now what we had at the beginning was we had a pure 3 Five two in the beginning and the two up front were very defined as collier and dylan mm-hmm. in the middle you had maloney pc and abu on the wings you would have uh gg triore and Shane and gomez and then you'd have your typical back three and then you'd have the goaltender that you'd have far back there that was a typical thing that you saw we're still seeing that but it's just evolved a little bit and 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 it's because of injury and it's because of departure. So on the left, what you have, so instead of uh, Triori being out there, you have PC and Maloney kind of switching off um, on the left side. You still have a boo in the middle. You have PC help uh, PC or Maloney, whoever's in the middle, will help out a boo. On the right side, you have uh, Gomez going up a lot. So you have a little bit of support out there. But the big the big thing that has evolved instead of having Maloney as that as that ten, as that attacking mid, you have Adenarin. Before Adenarin, it was Loera. Loera got injured, and we'll go into that in a little bit. But because you don't have um, Loera to be able uh, available, you have Adenarin in there. Adenarin is basically the ten, and in this lineup, Dylan and Patino are the two forwards. So you still kind of have that five and five player midfield with the three in the back and the two forward it's just the personnel has changed a little bit due to injury and availability but it's still very effective a dinner stays back a, a lot but at the same time when he gets a chance to dribble at somebody buddy he will dribble at somebody and he will tear them apart and he will give some through balls as we saw in the charleston match um that are unmatched because people think he's going to dribble, which he will dribble at you. So the attackers will come at them, come at him more aggressively, which opens up channels for Shannon Gomez to go run into and basically be one-on-one with the keeper. And that's exactly how Patino's first goal in the 29th minute happened is that exact play is so they came they came after a dinner. And anyway, continue. Sorry.
0: Let's let's get into that. So yep. since we're already talking let's about the, the – Highlights here
1: So what you're going to see in these highlights I don't know how much you're going to see in it But pay attention to where Dinnerin is He's more in the midfield than anything He doesn't start as a forward He starts more in the 10
0: Just missed Yeah That was a,
1: a great play And did Patino have enough time To bring it down and shoot? Maybe But at the same time And there you go You can see in being more in the midfield he gets all three of those battery players attack him and completely lose track of Shannon Gomez there. Shannon has all day to get that cross in. The goalkeeper decides he's going to deflect it out to not give a free cross. And nice. Patino, the raton with the okay. cheese with the, the queso, cross, is there yeah. to clean things up. And I was sitting right there. You're, You guys are sitting right behind that goal, too. You saw how much time Patino had. He took his yeah. sweet time picking that uh, that top shelf. What's and he had so much funny, time.
0: What's funny is because I, I was at home because uh, yeah.
1: Oh, fair, fair. I, I was yeah. dealing
0: with with COVID. I thought he missed it um, because he <laughs> shot it so high. I was like, oh, he he skied it, and then you know, then right. he had the goal. But you know, just you know, from to me, I'm like, why is he shooting so high? Because he, he almost roofs it. You know, just yeah. down, but it goes well under the pitch, the back of the thing there. But I, right. thought, I thought he
1: missed it. Which I'm not trying to make fun of uh, Maloney, but he picked a spot to kick it right at Maloney's head because he knew Maloney would block the ball into the goal. And that's what he did. He kicked it over Maloney's head into the goal. And I guess we should talk about this now with Loera. The meaning behind this and from what uh, was reported in the interviews post-match mm-hmm. is that I guess Loera had a – pretty severe injury during the Colorado Springs match that, um, necessi- ne- necessitated him getting surgery. So he, uh, was at the point for of
0: the year. Most
1: we'll see prob probably you would imagine so, but, um,
0: maybe it'd
2: be back for the playoffs. You know. Well,
1: exactly. So we'll see. You don't want to roll anything out, but we'll see. We don't know what the injury was at all, but right. I guess we'll figure that out at the same rate. Um, uh, just a couple things. Number one, at, at least at the point of this match, Loera was still in the hospital recovering. And number two, obviously all of us at the podcast, at the um, mm-hmm. say Soccer Roundtable, we, our thoughts are with you and get back on the field soon. Speedy, recovery. Um, speedy recovery and... Good luck with your rehab and everything. Um
0: and it you know, was,
1: best wishes on that. We'll cover
0: we'll cover the injuries as well, but he's had a rough year. You know, he missed out yeah. between uh April 2nd to May 7 due to injuries. Came back, uh was out May 14th through May 28th right for that here, and then you know, obviously after the Colorado Springs match June twenty eighth, and, and we'll be out, you know, an undetermined amount of time. So Unfortunately, his impact was when he was on the pitch was noticeable um in I
1: mean remember that game against los dos just how he was just a menace on the field with that one touch goal he had between um liam doyle and uh whoever their other center back is and he was a menace in that match, and we saw the potential and he just just couldn't stay healthy man um uh, but for sure. Man, get back on the field soon. Um, and hopefully it's signed
0: longer than just a one year to where yeah, uh, we, ha- we have him for multiple multiple years uh, yep. for that here. But uh, let's continue here. I'm sure we're going to replay that. great goal, starting with patience and combination play on the right flank, and then a dangerous cross. And, and I loved how they had it planned so it and the to confidence all to, all to, to give the to ball boy up, the uh, yep.
2: great space. Lovely one-two on the right flank. And yeah, surface, Gomez
1: all alone because the three decided to, to go okay. after a dinner. And, and, the and Like I said, Patina was like, I'm just going to kick it out Maloney. There's no defender there. My guy's there. He'll get out
0: of the way. Tonight, um, so here's a question here because Shannon Gomez went on international duty. Uh, he had that awesome assist. Do you think that kind of helped build his confidence? Because I don't Absolutely. know if uh, his – He's had the potential, you know, in Patino, him and Patino have not played much together, obviously, but it seems like since he's returned, he's playing at a different level compared to what he did prior to uh, the international duty.
1: It's obvious that his, his whole confidence and his whole demeanor on the field has completely changed. He's a, he's a different player. And, and that's why international duty is not a bad thing. I know a lot of coaches, you know, they claim it's a burden, <laughs> Pep Cordiola. But um, it's not, man. It's another way for the players to kind of get a mental break from club ball. They go see their countrymen, their friends. And a lot of guys, when they go on international duty, they remember why they play the game. They they find their love for the game all over again. And it seems like Shannon got that. He had, I mean, he is playing like a – like he's hot as nothing right now.
0: He looks great. Yeah and for those that are following the npsl playoffs here uh san antonio corinthians unfortunately just gave up a goal to fc brownsville um in the 13th minute so they're down 1-0 in their npsl uh conference playoffs uh, at this point here they need to win to be able to go to uh, the championship match uh, for that here which if they can win that then they would qualify for the open cup uh next year which most likely would face san antonio fc you would you would assume being a local team, but uh for those that are up to, keeping up with goal that.
2: With the club this season, his first being
0: the game winner in Monterey Bay a few weeks ago, and he picks up the rebound after Farrow had parried it away. Yeah, Robert Goins played lights in out with his Trinidad his and DeBago.
2: Seventh goal in seventeen matches in S A F C. Just a poor tenure. Poor clearance by the by the goalkeeper there. It's into the box um, after Dylan lays it off. There is purpose to everything that they do, including this run from Dylan.
0: Sent across and ticked the
2: line. That Coutinho should have been a goal. Again, getting was, on the end of Coutinho trip.
0: could have had a hat and trick, you know, what the 36 minutes. If,
1: so if you watch that in slow-mo, there is so much spin on that ball that the spin literally <laughs> took it away from being a goal. That's the only reason it didn't go in is the spin oh, this on that point, ball. From that where it goes up on Pantino's from foot, front, it's going in the post by at least two feet. The but the, the spin on the ball makes it, it wide.
0: What a chance there
2: by a dinner. It has to be yeah, pushed the away by Farrow. Yeah. Forced to do double duty there as an outside
0: back. So they're posing a tactical problem. To the back post, Tanner across, heading off the crossbar. Unlucky again. <laughs> yeah, Kamiri, up, Kamiri
1: just had and this look like, did I really wanted. just miss that?
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, there's a
1: look. Did <laughs> <laughs> I really just miss His that? final
2: 30 minutes, SAFC has not conceded a goal all season. Settle down, Drops here, Dillon.
1: And then here is the, the result from the first end. half of this season. That Justin Dillon is a completely different player from the first two seasons. Mm -hmm. He has the confidence and the patience to wait, find Baloney, kick it right to his head, and that goal goes in. I think in 2020, Dillon tries to shoot this on net and just kicks it against a player. But Justin Dillon, one of my uh, picks—spoiler alert for later in the in the show— one of my picks for MVP of the first half for sure.
0: Here since he has come on for the final 15 minutes of this match. Well, there'll
2: be one
1: final corner. No, there will not. Matt's last game. Matt's last game. Yep. Fear the beard. And and by the way, kudos to SAFC for the ceremonies. And also, yeah. And we'll get to the other departure um, during uh, during that night. But kudos to SAFC for and Spurs Sports Entertainment for for the ceremonies in that match, they were spot on. They didn't last too long and, and they're awesome. They're really heartfelt and it was cool. Uh, it was cool seeing uh, Josh Ford, which I guess, Harry, you missed that one. Uh,
0: yeah, I missed, uh, they, unfortunately, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, they had, they interviewed every goalkeeper that had played with um, uh, Matt um, and they showed them on the big, on the Jumbotron. So they had uh, Josh Ford, they had uh, Jonathan Viscosi, um, Diego? Uh, no, they didn't have Diego. I didn't think about that. Ooh. They didn't have. Did did they have Diego? You have. I don't to. think. I don't think they had so Diego.
2: I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't have Rafa Castillo. Uh,
1: well, not, he's not a goalkeeper. Not a goal, goalkeeper. As as if, if you're having, if you're
0: going Josh Ford, how do you not? I, I yeah, think the I, big. I don't, I don't want to bring this in. I know. Yeah, Diego's let's not talk about that. Let's. I think it was availability. Diego's, Diego's pretty United. busy. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Diego's
1: pretty busy he's with challenge that He's under. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, I think the biggest we'll, snub, though, we'll was they didn't have a they didn't have Christian Bonilla interview on it. I'm I'm
2: joking off <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> <that they're, laughs> too busy with his real estate in
0: Miami.
1: <laughs> uh, that's or working out <laughs> or whatever he's doing. Yep.
0: Yeah, so I I ended up with COVID, and so I missed the Tulsa match and uh, the Charleston match, which the Charleston match, I had bought AJ a Matt Shelton jersey, which he was going to wear, um, and Matt Shelton had signed it, and I was hoping to take a picture of him so that way we can get it framed and, and put, put in there. And um, Then it was Matt's last game, and I was just like, are you kidding me? Um, Cardoni or Shelton? No, Shelton because okay. AJ's a huge fan of Matt Shelton cuz he has a YouTube channel. Uh, so he follows him and watches okay. all of his okay. videos. And I was
1: confused and I needed the explainer yeah. and I did that. I actually knew exactly what was going on. It was more for the audience that probably didn't yeah. know what was going on. So So we You're had, welcome, we, we
0: had purchased it early and thankfully, you know, Matt had, you know, Matt Shelton had signed it. Signed the, he signed it both the front and the back. Oh nice. Um, which was outstanding and and thank you to the Charleston uh battery. Uh, the, um, uh, battery uh um shopping team and, and you know so, you know uh you know the the fan store uh for for getting that done for aj and it but yeah it's it just it, it it was one of those things as far as far as the matches to miss it was the you know it was aj's birthday uh match that that we ended up missing and um he was pretty cool about it you know it was like look we can't go because you know everybody's got covid so right we, we got to do the right thing but yeah, the the one match to miss, and it ended up being uh, through here. I won't lie to you. Um, I shed a tear when the game was over. You know, just seeing you know.
1: I don't uh, know if there was a dry eye in the whole stadium, including mine. That was it was great, just including seeing the
0: celebrations and and uh, including Matt, Matt after the coolers. When Matt came on and you know got the armband from PC, especially after yep. the uh, interview with. Uh, uh, how important that first time that that PC uh, went off due to injury. I want to say it was last year. I believe it was, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gave him the arm, and, and it just it it was tough for me just uh, missing Matt's last last match because I've been there since he's been there from the start and, yeah. and Scorpion days sure. uh, from the Scorpions to uh, this this last match he's always been there and um, you know you can argue you know I guess. To me, that and I'll ask this question to you guys: uh, Should Matt have started this last match? I know he came on at the end, but a lot of fans are saying they should have had him start against Charleston. Expect you know, especially how he, even though he comes on, he gets rewarded for the the stats and and the shutout. You know, one last time. Right, but do you do you think that they should have started him, or you know, doing how how they did it was the right way right way for Matt to go out?
1: I'm gonna leave it that to you, Rafa. You're more of the.
0: I think there's different ways
2: you can do. Because I've seen some, they'll start and then they get subbed out in halftime. I I think this is the way SAFC presented it and did it, as far as. I guess doing the honors and so forth. That I think that takes more prison in that than them going into the game and so forth. know like I said, I think they want to make sure we get we got the win. That's that's but the then, most important thing right now, you know. Thing and I mean, he could have started because Charleston was not that good of a team, you know. But you know, at least he came on and and you know he got. But he didn't
0: come on until he got that second goal. If if, if if, what what happens, and I know it's a what if's. What happens if San Antonio doesn't grab that second goal? They should have had three goals in the first half, at least. You know, four goals. That you know, but he gets subbed in
2: during injury time. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Fans want to want to like that, but
0: that's what would have happened, though. Yeah, because they were going to play him. It was just yeah. a, it was just a matter matter of of when. um. Looking at the stats here before we get too far. Uh Well,
1: real real, real quick, I guess my reaction. I think they did exactly what they needed to do. Um you didn't want to have match retirement distract from the whole match if you would have started them and say took him out in the 37th minute fitting. Um it would have distracted from the whole match, it would have killed the momentum. People would have been emotional. Instead, they went out there, they played the first 75, 80 minutes of the match to win the match. And then after that, it was, hey, which it it did two things. Number one, it gave Matt another um, standing ovation, ovation as he went on the field. Everybody was excited. Everybody showed their appreciation. And the second thing and made sure that you got the three points and it didn't, it didn't completely distract. I think they did it professionally. I think they did it how they needed to. There was a pre-match ceremony. There was a post-match ceremony. Um, and in between, they took care of business. I thought it was exactly what they needed to do. I thought it was perfect.
0: Yeah. It just, to me, that was one of the uh, Robert agrees with the USAFC played it. Well, that was one of the uh, things on social media was should Matt have started or, or not. And,
1: Disagree. Respectfully disagree. I think I, I don't
0: mind out. it. I don't mind it, and I know. Uh, for me, the only, the only, the only thing that um, I didn't, I, I, I understand why. The only reason why I kind of give caution to it is, and, and I know Jordan Farr doesn't give a crap about this, um, <laughs> but the, the, the. the if he's in a close match, uh, you know, for you know, was it the Golden Glove or along those lines, that shutout goes to um, goes yeah. to Cardoni, which is fine. I have no problem with it. That was the only thing that for me, I was all like, you know, for for Jordan, and and I know he doesn't care, uh, you know, just you know, from you know, you know, from you know, the personality of, jo- of uh, Jordan Far, but to me, that was one thing that selfishly. You know, as as a SAFC fan wanting you know Jordan and, and everybody to win all, all, sweep all the awards, you know if that one match, you know kept him kept him from doing that. But then you know we can talk about the first three matches with Bonilla, um, and how he got three shutouts instead of you know Far you know having it there. So. <laughs>
1: This, this, is, this is kind of an ifs and buts or candy and nuts kind of conversation. Yeah, hey, you remember, remember in 2017 when Diego should have probably had the stats for greatest season of a USL goalkeeper ever, except Matt Cardone started the first four games. So,
2: yep. yeah.
0: And so. Uh, the Corinthians have, uh, scored uh, to t- tie it 1-1 uh, in the NPSL playoffs uh, and in the uh, 24th minute here. So uh, the Corinthians came back. Are um, make it you know coming back so that's a good thing uh stat wise here uh once again possession 51 49 uh san antonio fc with the lead 12 shots four on target you know uh, for it here four big chances two missed one hit the woodwork 10 shots inside uh they actually led the passes 307 to 302 which i think is the first time they've led all year uh 15 tackles 18 interceptions 13 clearances uh, Charleston played the role of San Antonio FC with 28 clearances uh, this match uh, for it here, just because they sat back. Um, to,
1: to be to be fair, you know, Charleston sat back a lot, but really their only outlet was Williams the whole match, and he got so frustrated. But that's because they played. He some, had they, no support. That was. It was. they, it was well, bad they to sat watch.
0: too far back for that. And even the announcers and the match—I forget who it was. Oh, it was the um, the uh, Trinity coach. Um, yeah. Uh, that, you know, made the comment that they're sitting, they were sitting too far back that the midfield couldn't connect with the forwards to be able to, to, be able to string it on against an elite defense like San Antonio FC. And, and, and to me, they, they even made the comment that it seemed like that the game plan from Charleston was to just kind of set back, set back, absorb, absorbs, absorb. And then maybe at the very end, try, you know, try, you know, try to, you know, grab, you know, grab a late goal to walk out with a tie or, 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 uh, or three points. But to me, if, if I was a battery fan and I understand there's the difference in talent, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, the, you know, uh, was it Casey Connors, the coach of Charleston battery. Correct. Um, you know, he knows his team better than, than I do, obviously. Um, but to me, uh, I would, and I'll, I'll ask you this, uh, Rafa here. If you've got a team that's, um, not as talented, we'll say, is it better to kind of, you know, set back like Charleston did or is it better to, you know, just, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it and, and give it a shot, to, you know, you know, you know, may, maybe get luckier, you know, cause let's be honest, San Antonio FC didn't finish well. You know, if you look, you look mm-hmm. at it here, you know, they missed golden opportunities, Um, even sitting back. Well, they had, they had
2: trouble with that press, you know, Trying to get even beat the press, and when they did beat it, they just gave horrendous passes mm-hmm. to, to the outside. The ball would go behind them or out of bounds, and so forth. You know, you know, they were just out of sync. And I think with a team like that, you know, you have to, you know, he needs to really kind of settle down. You know, go, kind of go back to basics on a lot of the stuff just to get it to get some some type of consistency in. And then if you saw the whole game. Charleston was not consistent as far as as far as doing anything. They just couldn't do get get it going. And if he did have a game plan, it just fell out the window. And even the goalkeeping, like if you watch a lot of the kicks, a lot of the the um, goal kicks, they were just going out of bounds. He was mm-hmm. just not placing them right to at least give them a shot to at least maybe advance the ball oh. forward to the
1: attacking. Yeah, their goalkeeper was constantly kicking it out of bounds to where the entire stadium was olaying him every time he kicked a uh a goal kick i'll say two things if i'm connor casey there's two very simple steps that you that you can follow that will immediately improve the team play and it's two simple things and it's just look at what tulsa did because tulsa almost pulled off exactly what Exactly the game plan that they would need to uh, to win, and that is have Williams be a lot more forward and play as a striker because he has the size and the physicality to be a striker, and and number two cross the ball. Don't just try to find, don't just try to find a direct pass to your striker who he was playing in the midfield basically, so they really had nobody up high. Uh, Tainter, Garcia, and Camiri were all up by the uh, midfield circle the entire match. And that, and because there was nobody at the midfield point, if you have Williams just stay at the halfway point and make some runs, you open up so much space and you open up space that they can at least give an outlet to to get rid of the ball. Instead, Williams kept going back to try to get the ball and try to play forward. he get pressed off the ball and possession over. That was their big problem. Um not our problem because we played that perfectly. Um yeah. just Charleston looked bad. Um and it probably should have been like 4 or 5 nothing to be honest with you if Patino puts those chances away, but if some butts candy nuts it's a two nothing win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now
0: for San Antonio, uh, it 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 was a great Correct. Great and now win, we'll, especially under the circumstances of the night.
1: Now we'll go to the excuse me, crazy stat of the night. And obviously we'll see what happens on, on Saturday night. And we'll preview that one uh, coming up here in a little bit, but the crazy part, um, crazy stat. So San Antonio FC has played four Eastern conference teams. Am I correct in that? We have played Charleston. We have played Tulsa. We have played Detroit city, City and Miami. And And Miami. Miami. So we've played four Eastern Conference teams so far this season. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In those four matches, we have given up five shots on goal. And Tulsa is the only team that has scored a goal against us from the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. And (laughs) USL has been pumping this whole time. um, and Statistically, (laughs) it shows. That's correct. Tampa Bay has the best defense in the league. Uh, Buddy, if you're playing those teams and you get to play them twice, you better be the best defense in the league, statistics-wise. Are they? Maybe. But if you're playing those teams and you're giving up more than one goal, you're not the best defense in the league, my guy. And the best defense in the league for the first half, which we'll go right into who we think, We'll go right into the uh, midfield uh, or the midseason uh, report. I think it's SAFC uh, and Mitch Tainer and Fabian Garcia and Manley. Hopefully we get Carter Manley back soon. And Jaster Kamari, uh, mentality monsters. Not just mentality monsters, actual, literal, defensive monsters,
0: monsters.
1: Yeah, Unbelievable. Unbelievable first half of the season for those
0: four. So before we get into the second half, let's kind of look where we're at. Uh, in the East. Uh, Louisville uh, at 18 matches is at 39 points. Memphis at 18 matches at 38 points. Uh, the Rowdies at 19 matches at 36. Pittsburgh's kind of recovered from their slump, winning three in a row at 33. Uh, Detroit City respectable at 33, but you know they're starting to slow down with the thin roster. Uh, Kaler's uh, Birmingham Legion, 29 points and the final slot in the uh, East Miami. Tulsa, Indianapolis, uh, kind of on that fringe, 7, eight, 9. Um, but the bottom of the East is just, it's, you know, Hartford, uh, Atlanta United 2, who we play this week, but you can't disrespect Atlanta United 2 because they do have some talent offensively. Uh, Loudon, um, who beat Phoenix, but... Let's uh, say,
1: who beat Phoenix? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But everybody's beating Phoenix right now, so let's you know it's it's not such a great accomplishment. Charleston, who we just played, In and and the Red Bulls, who leaked more goals than
1: the Iraqi Navy. There you go. Uh,
0: just you know, they gave up six to Louisville City, and and I know a guy got a hat trick and was named the Player of the Week. And I'm like, but it's against the Red Bulls. Does it count? But you know, I didn't go. Yeah, I just let it go uh, for that here out west, uh, San Antonio. Uh, in first place at 17 matches at 40, uh, switchbacks at 18 points at 36. Although They've lost four out of the last five. So they're starting to slow down, uh, quite a bit. Um, they did not
1: look good against El Paso either. They look defeated going into that match. Well, whenever they gave up the goal, they look defeated immediately. Yeah. So. They,
0: they, they've, they've had a heck of a schedule. So they played us on the 24th yeah, true. at home. Played Tuesday just like us, us did on the road, lost 2-0 at Hartford. Came home, Oof. beat Sacramento on uh 3-0 on the first, which Sacramento's a you know a whole different story. Uh, came back on Monday, July 4th, lost two to three against the Loyal and, and it was a pretty entertaining game. Um, switchbacks had all the opportunities to win it and gave up late, gave it up late and yep. then uh, traveled on Saturday the, you know, and lost to El Paso. So they played, since they played us, they played five matches, um, where we've played two, uh, three matches, if you include that one there. So they've, they've had a heck of a schedule. Um, but, you know, 12 wins, six, draw, six losses, and, you know, 36 points. The Loyal, I know, uh, Alan and, and, you know, the, the Loyal Nation, the red card was horrible. You still gave up five goals to LA. real quick.
1: Sorry, real quick, just to finish up on Colorado Springs while I'm thinking about it. Um, they also, uh, Mahoney got a red card in yes. the uh El Paso match, so he will be suspended for the next For match. what?
0: I still don't know, but he got a red card.
1: <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I,
0: it, El, I that El Paso ooh. Colorado Springs match finished 10, uh, 10 on 10 and both red cards. You... I think I think
1: the Lucho one was the ref looking to even things up because he kind of made I, I what did Mahoney say? Uh who knows? Who knows? And they don't have there's no post-match uh debris from the refs, which would be nice. But,
0: but yeah, it's <laughs>
2: Through the loyal loyal, loyal could be affected also, too, with the rumors about Donovan going to the Quakes. And we're
1: going to get to that later, that the MLS is now looking at the USL for coaching talent. So there you go.
0: Well, they're looking at Landon Donovan. Um, the USL for coaching talent. He is a different, uh, a different category. We'll, I'll just leave it at that um el paso is in fourth although i think it's kind of fool's gold because they played 21 matches yes so i think they're on a 10 game unbeaten streak although there's quite a few draws on there and we play them next week uh the the 23rd in el paso so that'll be an interesting match uh los dos la galaxy um 30 points they (coughs) excuse me they played 20 uh new mexico united uh, got four points out of the uh, the back-to-back matches bet- with RGV. They set 6 at 30. Um, Sacramento uh, who beat San Antonio 1 uh, in Sacramento's in seventh the last playoff spot at 29 points at 17 matches. followed by uh, Las Vegas, Oakland RGV 25 25 and 24 points. Um, and we have to go way down for Phoenix and the defending champs Orange County and the fighting Sam Gliedels, um, who is unfortunately out with the with the lower leg injury at 16 points. They're We're also
1: the they're also the fighting Kai Greens and the Green. now the fighting Hunter Gorski's. Course,
0: yes, he recently signed. Yes, and and Jason Johnson.
1: That's right. So, they got JJ. I, yeah. I'm honestly surprised Detroit said he didn't go out and get JJ, but. I guess their, their budget's a little so really short on that one.
0: Unlike the East, the West is out, out I think outside of the top three, because I do think Colorado Springs, when they get some more time and, and get some more space between the schedule, they'll rebound. Although they are starting to pick up some injuries and they do have somewhat of a thin roster. Um, San Diego, I think is a deep team, um, but you know, you, we've already kind of hinted at the mentality of the team. Uh, they are coached by Landon Donovan, not by um, not by Deuce. So uh, mentality is a little bit of weakness with them. And uh, El Paso, El Paso is the tricky team, I, I think, because they played what four more matches than us. I think they could slide down if New Mexico, Sac- or Sacramento, or some of these other teams get hot. Uh, you know, that have 17, 18 games on there. So. Uh, your thoughts on kind of uh, the standings of where San Antonio is, or you know, you know, if, you know, anybody out east that uh, you want to kind of address?
1: You could, de- I mean, you could definitely see Oakland Roots once again sneaking up um, mm-hmm. and stealing a spot late in the season. You could definitely see that happening. I could honestly possibly see um, Monterey Bay uh, just going on a hot streak and uh, getting back in the playoffs. So. We'll see. Um,
2: Phoenix might be a tricky situation. They can get their crap together. (sighs) Phoenix might want to play them in the playoffs. It would
1: be a classic situation of them getting a new coach, them getting hot, and then making the playoffs out of nowhere. Yeah? Yeah. uh,
0: In Orange County, they swear they have the talent. I just don't think they're consistent consistent enough. In Orange County, Phoenix, in in Monterey Bay – They've dug a pretty deep hole because um, you're talking about you've got to perform well, but you've also got to have the teams above you uh, do it. And, and I know like Phoenix, as an example, has already lost the tiebreakers uh, to you know LA Galaxy. Phoenix lost the tiebreakers to New Mexico United because they lost seven0 because of the you know Covid and, and academy players. So the it, it no longer goes by total wins. If you're tied with somebody, it goes to that head to head matchup. And that's why for San Antonio FC, playing against Colorado Springs, getting that win in Colorado Springs is important. Getting, you know, if they can go to San Diego and get a point, going through to El Paso and at least getting a tie. Because if they lose two to, you know, two to nothing to, you know, let's say El Paso, they lose the tiebreaker because they only won 1 0 here. So, goal difference is going to play a part you know, on, on the head-to-heads coming up for, you know, for the second half um, along those
2: lines here, so. Oh, we just need to beat El Paso next week so we can claim that Copa Tejas.
0: That would be nice is is to beat that, yeah. So, and, and I know San Antonio FC has a pretty comfortable lead.
2: Excuse
0: me. A pretty comfortable lead in the Copa Shield as well uh, for that here. But, yes, uh, technically San Antonio FC um, – I think with a draw, pretty much can clinch the um, uh, teos. Cl- clinch the Copa teos. Um, but definitely with a win, uh, they win it free and clear. Um, I do know that the trophy is going to be going over uh, to there. Um, however, you know from you know from what I've heard here is if San Antonio does win um, the next match, I think it would be against RGV, uh, will be where they'll. Um, will it, there'll be more of a celebration in front of the home fans uh, to, to celebrate that um, at at that point so uh for that here so that's the standings uh for that here let me get back to my banners here so uh departures on the first half so this is after the games have kicked off here um Christian Boynia, uh retired uh, march 31st uh money uh left uh mutual agreement june 9th for uh, me april 19th um which that was a kind of a, a surprise um never played unfortunately for san antonio fc and two or three recent ones here uh, dd troy left uh june 30th he got hurt in colorado <coughs> i was at the match and it had kind of a and I know not exactly the same, but it had a kind of a Chris Tierpack feel where he came off. He was extremely upset and just wasn't wasn't responding well with with the other uh, players and staff from you know from San Antonio FC. And you know I don't know if it was just frustration because he has had some injuries uh, you know for here, but at the match it it just felt different. And and I know you, it may not have shown on the TV or anything along those lines. And then it was announced shortly after that, that, uh, you know, he had a mutual agreement to leave. And, and I think, uh, Royce, you have some comments on uh, DD and a life event in, in, in his life.
1: Yeah. Whatever happened between the team. I mean, uh, whatever, happened in general, uh, who knows, um, sucks. He was really good, uh, when he was on our team and he kind of dominated. Um, but, it is what it is i mean there's a family side and there's a business side and that, that was the business side but speaking of the family side congrats Gigi, for getting married man um awesome that's that's a big life event and that's that's huge but at the same rate sucks to see you go dude would have been cool to have you join us for this uh this run we have for the second half but either way congrats
0: and USL uh, just announced uh the Santa Barbara Sky Football Club uh, that'll be coming to USL League 1 in 2024 uh reach for the sky so uh sounds like a USL USFL team <laughs> uh, branding so, nothing uh, about
1: level of route or whatever no
0: not at that not at this point here so uh, but uh Another West Coast California uh, League One team, which is a good thing, especially with Spokane coming aboard most likely. Uh, I think around that same time frame, depending on the stadium. So uh, for League One, that's a, a great addition uh, for that here, Robert. Uh, California, um, we need California teams, you know, for West Coast. That's true. Plus, let's be honest with you, we need them to beat in the playoffs. Who wouldn't want to go to Santa Barbara right now? It's nice, sir.
2: hundred percent.
0: I would love to go to San Diego and, uh, uh, you know, SAFC has a contest for two people to be able to win. Uh, uh, you know, all, I think pretty much all expense paid to the Loyal match uh, coming up here. They'll even pick uh, you
1: up from your house and take you to the airport. So, Oh, really? Yeah. That's why you have to put your <laughs> in the contest. <laughs>
0: So, and then two big, ma- two other, uh, I'll do coach Ryan uh, Rashondal uh, was announced um, at the, I believe it was announced at the match That's that him. he was leaving. Correct. Um, I didn't hear about it till afterwards here. Uh, he had been a player uh, with San Antonio FC from 2016 uh, to 2018, 2019, and then was on the staff for four years with the academy team. Uh, had a huge impact with the academy. The one goal, the one goal he scored, is, is probably one of the more famous goals uh, in San Antonio history, San Antonio FC history, because the academy team happened to be there, and he went and celebrated through there. So, uh, the Rafa M- Royce, uh, your thoughts on Coach Ryan uh, departing?
1: It was a goal that clinched the playoffs, the first ever playoff appearance for S.A.F.C. So,
0: oh, as well, yes. Um, uh, once again
1: sad to see you go ryan but uh this is a life event this is a he's moving to florida to be close to family he has he has a kid now possibly more kids um he's getting his family established um and being a fa- being a father myself it is very important to have that support system you can't yes. just be just you and your wife and raising kids in this day and age uh child care is expensive and if you can be near your in-laws and have you know free health care or free health care free child care for as long as you can uh, take advantage and especially if you're uh, gonna move from 107 108 107 high temperatures in <laughs> San Antonio to beautiful florida where it's like in the 90s and there's beaches uh, duh
0: and um, let's let's be honest with you for him and his lifestyle of being a coach and especially an academy coach where he's traveling around for his wife to be able to have that support is the most important thing to uh, you know for that here Yep. and it allows him to progress in, in his career and it wouldn't shock me if you know depending on where he moves to florida if he ends up uh on darren powell's inner miami two staff
1: i was just going to say that there's there's a definite possibility there and darren powell's been Killing it with was uh, oh, the Fort Lauderdale FC is out there calling themselves.
0: Uh No, they changed it to enter Miami yeah. too because they went to uh, MLS, uh next pro. That's good, Lord. Yes, we won't talk about that though.
1: It's not. Move on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs>
0: and uh, then, obviously, the Matt Cardoni, I know we've kind of already touched it. Was announced June 29th. Um, uh, you know, played the uh, July 2nd match. Um, going to. SMU Law School uh, for the hair, not St. Mary's, but SMU. Uh, that was initially reported. Um, the big news on that is uh, it sounds like he may have to shave, uh, uh, it, as I heard rumors or reports of that. Which what are they? Would be interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's. I think it's just going to be a. I think he's starting his professional life and he wants to look professional, which you get it. Um, yes. But at the same, and also um, we know somebody. Well, we know of somebody that um, decided to kind of grow a big beard and and to kind of have that look. That went to law school, and he's called the uh, DWI dude. And um, <laughs> yeah, you don't don't do that, Matt. You're much more respectable than that. So, but at the same oh, time, I wonder, Matt I wonder if
2: he's an agent.
1: It could be. I mean, he could be. Um, definitely I could if he be.
2: That's the Rod. He's going to do be a player agent. Do
1: you kind of like Cody Larindry. Yeah. yeah, you never know what he's. You never know what he's going to do. Uh, I, mean, I don't. Uh, of him, so,
2: I, I, especially I don't, with the expansion with the USL teams, I think it, the, you know he's he's
0: good. But do you need he's, a law degree for that though?
1: For some aspects, yeah, yeah, it, it, it Yeah, it helps but for sure.
0: I I know for San Antonio Soccer. Um, he's probably top five all time going through the entire history of, uh, of local stars, one. if not top two or three. I know Rafa's yep. up there, and then uh, um, the Thunder, I think, had a, a pretty significant player as well. I'm drawing a blank on it. Um,
1: was it George Best? Uh, so- I,
0: I thought it was Bobby
1: Bobby Moore? Was it Bobby Moore?
0: Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> we
1: we're doing research. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, neither here nor there. Obviously, yeah, Bobby Moore.
0: Yes, Bobby yeah, Moore.
1: San Antonio legend. And, I mean, that Bobby Moore is kind of a mercenary. He played for what? Um,
0: but we had very for- limited history. Come on. <laughs> and tell us <laughs> the Scorpions. <laughs> fair,
1: but like I, said, I think the top two legends in San Antonio soccer are Macardoni and Rafa Castile, easily. Um Whichever whichever one you want to put one and two on that, um, yeah.
2: So I want to think I make the the Matt Cardoni bubblehead,
1: and gonna have to. yeah, that would, that would be awesome. I mean, that'd be a very easy thing to get some popularity out of this. But to be honest with you, one of the things that they've called out for, and I want to call out for it on here, and obviously we'll see. Definitely want to have part of the covered area and the hallway and the concession stands and the main stand. Or even maybe even upstairs in the uh um in the suites hallway, they need to start like a like a wall of fame and have like a bronze bust or like a plaque or something um showing you know the the legends of the team and definitely need to get started on that.
2: Or let know. me let me give you let me ask you this. Do you think they should retire his jersey?
1: Maybe. Which and, jersey? Uh the I think they should seven. retire first number seven. sixteen, number sixteen and mm. That's well, he wasn't 37 the whole time, but um, they they should definitely retire number 16. Tell you that much. Um,
0: Score update 2-2, two, two, 50th minute between uh, Corinthians and FC Brownsville. FC Brownsville just uh, equaled it. So uh, entertaining game so far uh, down in Brownsville.
1: So let's try to get this together real quick. Let's try to finish up and, uh, and, and get this going. We're already at an hour.
0: <laughs> yes. So I got to pick up AJ at around nine, so I got about a half hour here. Uh, rivals. Uh, let me just get to my banners here. Rivals oh. has been Phoenix because they've had our number this. Uh, this. Well, that that's through there, but arrivals. Uh, Jocer Camery. Oh, rivals.
1: Uh, rivals. I thought you said rivals. I was like, no. Oh, you...
0: all rivals. first half. Uh. No. People may forget this, but Joseph Kamiri uh, came on after the start of the season on March 22nd. April 13th, uh, Nikki Hernandez came on loan from FC Dallas. Uh, Nacho Ignacio Baloni came on May 18th, the uh, day after Jordi DeLim. Uh, Sam Aduran on June 9th, loan from the Sounders, I believe. And then uh, June 22nd, uh, Saoud Abdul uh, Salam. Uh, makes his return to San Antonio, uh, from the Scorpion days where he played, I think it was five matches, mm-hmm. uh, for that here and then, you know, played 150 uh, some in MLS. And, um, I don't think he's played as of yet. Um, but he came, uh, he came, he came, in. came in. Oh, he came in. Sub during um, uh, the last match against the, Charleston. So, arrivals, um, any of them stand out for you? Uh, you know, like I said here, I know Nacho's kind of warmed up, picked up where he left off with two goals. Yeah, two goals already. Uh, Crazy. Um, yeah. Royce is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. Sam Adinrin, uh, you know, he, he, uh, Royce is thinking here. Nicky Hernandez, I like. Um, a lot. Yeah.
2: Now that Larero's out, he's really going to have to kind of yep. carry
0: the load
1: and so was a dinner in, but we'll get to that.
0: So any thoughts on the arrivals? Uh,
1: Let's turn the arrivals real quick into, do we need more arrivals? I E who's going to be the backup goaltender. Got to sign
0: somebody. You have to,
1: So, are we going to sign somebody? Is it going to be Jude? Is it going to be who we training uh,
0: Carlos? You can't, you can't, I don't think you can have Jude as a backup goalkeeper. Uh, And that's nothing against him, Mm -hmm. but He's not I ready. Don't think, I don't think he's a USL Championship caliber. Okay. If we were League 1, I think he could maybe get away with it. But I don't think that you can take that chance. To me, right. Car- it has to be Carlos. He knows the system, yep. he's comfortable with it. Um we've There's seen him in there. pictures, so he's been around the team. Yep. It ha- it it has to be him. It, okay. it, in my opinion.
1: Well, guess what I'm going to do on Friday? I'm going to wear my signing socks, and I'll see if we announce the signing on Friday because uh, I, have a, <laughs> I have a thought. I though. got to
0: announce somebody because on, on the roster on the SAFC page, they only have one goalie on there, um, which if it is crazy to think because at the start of the season, we had three. And we were like, we have three starting goalkeepers. I remember,
1: remember other, other people not named Royce on this podcast saying, why do we have three goalkeepers? We have so many goalkeepers.
0: You didn't think two retirements were coming, buddy. I didn't
1: think two retirements were coming. <laughs> I knew one was coming. I knew this was probably going to be Matt's last ride. Um, yes. But and I'm, I thought it would be bonnie on Far, but you definitely need more than just the two and three I get. And guess what? You only got one. So. <laughs>
0: And please don't get hurt, Jordan. <laughs> and
2: I, I think I think if they, if they do sign someone, they may go with experience. I, th- I think also, you also sign Ricardo, too. I think you make him – if you go with experience, you have him as a – even Ricardo, if he does get signed as a number three.
1: And we'll see but, who's available. That'll be yeah. the big one. We'll see who's available. We'll see there who are, there
2: were some transactions I saw. I did see some like – I think they got a keeper on loan. Well, Tampa
0: though. loaned a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper to Ford Madison, somebody. and then yeah. grabbed a, the goalkeeper from Ford Madison back. So they kind of had had uh, oh a wow team going each going each way. Here's my question to you, to Shane Beckford: What's okay. his role with the team? Because if the, if there's a team in the second half. And, and and prior to finding out that, you know, David Larrera was hurt, I was wondering if DeShane was going to be finishing with the team if if they were going to, you know, part ways because his minutes no. were getting a little bit less.
2: No. How I, do you see I, I, him I can,
0: fitting in the second half?
1: can easily answer this question because this is what he's been deployed as the entire time. He is not a player that's going to come into a team that is bunkering and that's all we've seen so far. It's the same thing with Atlanta United, we're going to see another bunkering team. He's not going to get deployed against there. His main weapon is speed. So what he is going to be is he is going to be a counter attacker. So whenever we play teams that are a little that are more possession heavy that are going to come after us, you'll see DeShane be deployed as either that second striker or that 10 and he is just going to wreak havoc and just be just a flash of lightning up and down, up and down. And that's what he's going to be. Um, but he is not probably not going to play against a bunker team like a Tulsa or a Charleston or an Atlanta. This is just a stretch of three teams that play very similarly. Um, unless we're chasing a goal, you might see him come in and change the game with some speed, which he did against um, was a Monterey that he came in against. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you'll see him come in as if we're chasing a goal or if we need some speed to really spread the field against a team that wants to possess the ball against us and try to be on the front foot, that's where you'll see him. And he is a very important player to this team in that capacity. But the last couple games and, and the next game
0: probably won't be used much. Probably won't be used. Much. I did. We did want to touch base on the injuries. Cause that has also been a story of the first half.
1: Absolutely. Uh, which senior- is an eternal storyline for <laughs> SAFC. Holy crap. Look at all the injuries.
0: Patino is out, has missed 11 games and even though he's returned, has only played 45 minutes in the games that he's came back. Carter Manley's missed 9 games and counting. David Larrea is at 9 games and counting. Elliot Collier is has missed 6 games at this point and and counting because he hasn't hasn't came back yet. Uh Diaf missed 6 games. So uh, Tory missed 4 games although he's gone Jordy DeLims missed four games since he's came in, uh, you know, for that right here. Beckford PC's missed two. Cardoni, Camiri, Hernandez, Abu, and Dylan have all missed one game due to injuries. So, you know, I think the running joke is, and I don't know if they've had a single lineup that's started the same game in 17 matches now. Um, I know it's have, kind of. Have... Huh?
1: I don't know if they have either because I, on my phone, I will save the lineups and I'll do, I'll do them in a little tactical view. They're all different. They're, they're all different. different they, like, I don't have well, them. on speak. the
0: uh, media thing that we get, you know, from, uh, you know, from SAFC communication mm-hmm. team and Kevin, they've yet to have a consistent lineup going it's through. It's and yet they are leading the league yeah. uh, through there. And, and that's the crazy thing. And, and, I know USL Tactics, John, is, is mentioned in, in, in a tweet this week going, the depth of San Antonio FC, and especially when it comes to playoffs, the options that Coach Marcina has is Fair. something that will, will be something to look out for just because most clubs don't have that same, uh, right. same depth.
1: And to be honest with you, with the, this team's luck with injuries – That's very necessary. So it is what it is. Um, The headlines I have for the first half. um, Dominant defense is my number one. Or uh, You know what? We'll go from the bottom up. How about that? We'll do that. So number six is going to be PC, Abu, Maloney, midfield domination. And you can include Nicky Hernandez onto that. They've been great together. And they have swapped. It's really been Abu. And either PC or Maloney helping them out, and PC or PC will go out wide, Maloney will go up and help with the, uh, with the attack. This midfield has been incredible, and this midfield is why the defense is so successful because most of the attacks from the from opponents die in the midfield. Ball goes over the midfield, and it's an easy cleanup or an easy cl- easy clearance for the backline. So, the backline success, Jordan Far success. Starts with the back line. The back line success starts with the midfield. Um, and they've all worked together really well. Number five, um, Maloney and Elliot Collier's fusion celebration that we saw early. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that again in the second half when Collier gets healthy again. That was very unexpected because I think that happened in the first match. But um, fun. Great. Um, the uh, My third headline uh, from the bottom Um uh, Justin Dillon and Elliot Collier, amazing pairing. Holy crap. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, those right. two, just putting in goals left and right uh, to begin the season. They were amazing. And, and uh, two other candidates for MVPs of the first half. Um, and my, I guess the next one would be Patino heating up, Patino finally healthy, Patino heating up, scoring goals. That is a very good premonition for the second half. Right above that and kind of equal to that, um, Bailone immediately coming into the team, obviously feeling comfortable. Um, by And for those on Instagram, you've probably seen it, but Bailone, um, Patino, and PC, they all vacation together in a and King King. couple of weeks off. Um, and then my number one headline for the first half of the season, dominant defense, Taintor, Manly, Garcia, and Kamiri mentality monsters and like i said actual monsters they will eat your soul and they're amazing and they've been second to none this first half
0: robert says patino will be the breakout player of the second half
1: okay um do y'all have any headlines or do you want to go into breakout my head
0: well my headline is is road warriors yeah Uh, they played 10 matches on the road one eight lost two and the two, one of them was in, in Phoenix, and what was the other one?
1: They've only lost two matches the entire season, so, right? So they've only lost one match on the road, and that was Phoenix, and they've lost one at home. And no, that was no
0: they've lost three. They lost at Sacramento. Uh,
1: Sacramento 1-0 and Right, one to nothing, that, that crappy game that I wanted to forget about because, yeah, that was just in that. Their home loss was
0: to Phoenix because they didn't have any forwards. But they, yeah, lost, the... yeah,
1: they lost to Phoenix. They lost to, yeah, they had a – uh, so to and,
0: and me, it, that's my story, though, is yeah. what was it? early mid, I think even mid last year, we were like, this team can't win on the road. Um, and then yeah. it it turned around last year, you know, where the second half of the season, they went on a roll just like this here. <laughs> and, and this goes into that mentality monsters of it doesn't matter if it's at home. It doesn't matter if it's on the road. San Antonio, and this goes to your number one, has that defense to be able to do it. Yep, and they also have the confidence, generally speaking, to be able to get that one, two, one goal. Because when they've scored, they haven't lost. Yep. the only games that they've lost is when they haven't been able to hit, 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 uh, hit uh, You know, you know, hit the back of the net. Yep. And you know, even Phoenix fans at this point, I'm talking about, you know, even though they beat San Antonio. If you really watch that game, San Antonio had the opportunities to take oh, yeah. control of that match. They winning. should have been, been
1: leading 3 nothing before Phoenix scored one goal. They yeah. just... They didn't capitalize on their chances. That's what you have to do.
2: I, I, think, I think one thing is we have... A, it's like a mirror image of what happened last year. We had a bunch of injuries, and then we turned it up. I think the turning point last year was when, Nate, when Nathan got hot after those two scrimmages, and he really turned it up, and who's going to take that role going into the second half? Is it going to be Sam or is it going to be Patino to really kind of solidify the goal scoring? You know, I, I think we can improve a, a lot better there. Defense is why we're, we're, we're I think we're a lot better now than we were last year. I think because the chemistry, you can see the chemistry, even though we had it forward last year, but you can see the chemistry there. And then getting Madeline back would be, as I said, it's just going to solidify the depth there. But I think our midfield is another thing. Having Maloney, PC, and Abu, those three, they know how to communicate. And then just adding Nikki and Shannon Gilmison or whoever, it's it's it just feeds off on that. And I think we're in more a complete team now, even though we have a bunch of injuries, than we were last year. But, you know, I think I think we haven't peaked yet but I think we're going to I think we're just once we get more healthy with players we're going to get better and I think I think that's what a lot of the other teams are starting to see like oh shoot do we really want to play the SFC healthy and remember last
1: remember last season whenever people were kind of panicking I I will once again say that uh one person uh, uh, me did not panic uh last season <laughs> last season because a lot of people were complaining about this team. They look lost. Sometimes they don't have a collective idea. And I kept preaching, let them get some playing time on the field together, the way they get used to each other. And they, and they know where people with each other are going to be. And that becomes second nature to, to play the, play the, their tactical system with each other. Um, they still haven't really been able to do that this season. And they're already the successful uh, watch out. Um, Holy crap!
0: That's the to me the the second half is we talk about they've already played ten matches they play Atlanta United they go on the road for a quick two game away at El Paso at Las Vegas and then so that sets up you play Galaxy at the end of July you know August sixth they play they play the loyal uh, at San Diego. Then they go on a stretch where they have out of uh, nine matches, seven of them are at home. And San Antonio plays great at home. Um, and they always have um, the crowd, the heat, and I know they're you know moving the games back to you know eight o'clock here to kind of kind of avoid that. The way matches, when you look at them here, you know, El Paso's tricky. Um, just because it's El Paso baseball field. The lights, it depends on if LAFC's got, you know, Jennings and um uh, what's their uh, other uh goal scorer? Danny Trejo. Trejo, if not if yet, they're man. on there, it's a, it's a lot tougher match if they're not. San Diego Loyal, I think, is going to be a tough way match, but they play at Indy, at Oakland, at Pittsburgh, and at Birmingham, which is last two, you know, Birmingham, at Pittsburgh and at Birmingham are last, you know, two and three games before the season, if they take care of the, you know, the home matches before that, they may be able to do a rotation for that last road, last road trip, you know, to Pittsburgh and Birmingham. And then they come home and play Orange County uh, for that here. So to me, I think, you know, for the second half, uh, as far as, you know, for, you know, for things to look out for, to me, if they take care of business at home, there's no reason why this team can't have home field going through the playoffs, uh, even though the East, the bottom of the East is, is very weak. Your thoughts, uh, Rafa on the second half. Yeah. Like I said, we got
2: to get those points. You know, we got to take care of business at home. Um, I think, I think we should get, you know, the three points at El Paso and at, at, um, uh, who's the other one? Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Um I think. I think the team, like the bottom end teams, you know, you, you got to take care of it. You know, Timbers take care of business there. I know some of the tougher teams, maybe the East, like at Indy, at Pittsburgh. If we can come out with a tie, that's great. You know, mm. you know, maybe you'll we'll sneak out a win. Sneak out a win. It's. I think this is the opportunity. I think late July, early uh, in August, is going to determine if we can start pulling away, and solo, and, and also. I think the sooner we can get clinched the playoffs and also home field advantage, then we kind of rest up some players a little bit and maybe been dinged up and then use really use our depth to kind of rotate, you know, towards the end, then be ready to go. You know, going into the playoffs.
0: Royce, your uh, thoughts on it, and then we'll go into final thoughts uh, on whatever you want it to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I just realized I'm going to be in Pittsburgh uh when SAFC is in Pittsburgh completely inadvertent I need to do some research on that um
0: October October 1st you're gonna be in Pittsburgh I'll
1: be in Pittsburgh we're going to the Steelers game the next day my my mom has been a Steelers fan her entire life my grandpa her dad was a huge Steelers fan they're from uh Oil City Pennsylvania um but my mom has never been to uh home game for the Steelers. And so for her, she turned 60 this year. So we're, my sister and I are taking her. Um,
0: oh, nice. And we're also,
1: so I didn't realize that Saturday they were there in town. We're flying in Saturday. So maybe I can make the second half. We're going to the Steelers or game. Adjust Monday. your
0: flight. if, Well, assuming flights are flying normal.
1: Exactly. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. But mo- the day after Monday, we're going to watch the Cardinals play at Pittsburgh. And that's going to be the last series that Yadi and
0: Albert are. Uh, Nobody um, cares about the Cardinals,
1: man, except for Nolan Um uh, So anyway, um, uh, just on the second half, I guess my pred- and and I'll, we'll go around the board real quick. Second half, we'll see how it goes. I think they may play a little bit better. They makes they may see some some headaches. A losing streak happens. You don't want to see it, but at the same time they happen, it just depends on how they react to it. We're in the catbird seat right now as far as being in first place. So we'll see. Um, team's looking strong, and it's it's going to be tough to knock them down. Um, at the same rate, let's go around real quick, and let's give who our, uh, who our MVP pick is for the first half of the season and who we think is going to be the breakout player for the second half of the season. Now, my MVP, Mitch Tainer. I mean – I don't even think that's really difficult Uh, of a choice. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, players that have played really well. Like I said, Justin Dillon's been a revelation in, in the first half uh, of this season. Um, PC and a booze kind of come down from how amazing he was at the end of last season, but he's still been consistently good. PC has been incredible. Maloney has been probably the best midfielder out of all three of them. Um, But, it's Tainer uh, and Garcia has been great too. shout out to Garcia. Uh, absolutely. He's been a world-class, but Tainer Tainer has been the best player on the team. He's been incredible. He's incredible. First half of the season. He's probably the MVP of the entire league to be honest. With you. Yes. My breakout player who I'm calling, uh, that's going to be the big surprise. That's going to open up a lot of eyes in the second half of the season. Sam a dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is going to be playing that 10 Spot a lot, he's gonna be basically playing where um, where uh, Loera was playing, but he is gonna suck in, he's gonna get so many defenders on him, he's gonna dribble at guys, he's gonna pass, his, his assists are gonna be high, and his goals are gonna be high because he has a shot that is arguably harder than Bailone's. And if you remember the clip where Bailone shot against Cardona and hurt his hand. Yeah, um, Adrian has a harder shot than that, and uh, he's he's gonna have an incredible second half of the season, so watch out for that.
0: Rafa, yours,
2: uh, as far as the first half MVP, yeah, it's got to be Tanner, he's been consistent. I think, I think a close second would be would be Garcia, uh, Collier before the injuries. I think he could have got it kind of like an honorable mention, but Tanner's been lights out. I think, I think without him. You know, who knows what this defense will be at? You know, not no disrespect to Camary and you know, son and Garcia and even Manley too. But I think Tanner really kinda ang- he really angers that defense and they they just have so much chemistry and they they're I think they're gonna be the reason why they lead us to, you know, hopefully to the title. Um breakout, I gotta agree with, with, with Royce with Sam. Sam if you just watch watch him, he he knows how to create plays. And I think he's going to be a very, uh, a very menacing player, come the second half. And and he's going to, you know, like other teams as far as trying to the game plan us. You know, you pick your poison. You want to try to shut him down. We got other guys that are going to make you pay. So, and I, I think there's the, him not being able to get double team is going to be the key. I think uh, maybe uh, a honorable mention might be even uh, Nicky uh, um, Nick Hernandez. I think I think we need to watch out for him. I think. He's got, he's played really well, I know, with the injuries, uh, I know that RGV gave, he really gave him a lot of fit. So so keep, keep an eye on him, too. He could be also a surprise.
0: So Tainer, I think, is the obvious one, uh, you know, through here. But I'm going to go a little bit different. And part of it's how he ended the year last year, and that's Justin Dillon. Um, you know, I know Royce will say, hey, he was always a supporter of Justin Dillon uh along those lines here but I think for most fans when when he was re-signed there was like okay because and, and you know you know and, and I know Royce has talked about this previously where he's grown so much from year one to year two uh to me you know five goals four assists um you know like I said here I know Tainer's also got four goals and an assist but I think the heart and the effort and just the energy that Dylan's brought, especially going from year one to to this second year, um, is on par with with with, with Mitchell. Um, you know, uh, you know, I think Mitchell's, you know, you know, a good shout. And, and like I said here, to me, you could flip a coin. My breakout, Patino, uh, when he's healthy, when he's on, you put him with with Sam, you put him, you know, with. You know Dylan. You know uh, Elliot Collier. Shannon on the side. Shannon. Uh, Just we saw it in this last match. He he was this close from having a hat trick, and he's he's he. You got to know he's pushing one last shot to get to back into MLS. Yep. And he needs a. You know he had the injury last year. He's got off to a slow start here. If he wants to make, if he wants to get one more paycheck, he's got to have that big second half. And that's, that's who I think, cause Sam's already on the MLS. I, but I do think, I do think that, uh, uh Patino is, is the one, cause he'll be, he's what, 25. So hmm. if, if he wants to go, if he wants to make that push to go above USL, to me, he's got to have that good second year. And I, I think for him, you know, as you guys have talked about, just the weapons around him and his skill is maybe outside of Sam. I think it's a step above Dylan's, is a step above Collier's and along along those lines. To me, he has that nose kind of like uh, uh, Frank the Tank, uh, Frank Torrey, where he just has that nose to be in that right spot to be able to, to poach those goals, which which can add up. But it's assuming that he can stay healthy, which is which has been – his biggest bugger boo. But to me, that's, that's, that's my player to look out for in the second
1: half. Yeah, that's solid. Um, and that's, that's tough to, to argue. Like I said, and, and talk about effort. Um I mean, Justin Dillon in this last match, <laughs> he won a corner and went hard into the boards right in front of us. Um, To yes. it was, it was so violent that he <laughs> sprayed water and dirt on, on my family, basically, not complaining. I mean, the effort was there, and it, it is what it is. Uh, but I kind of leaned over, and it, the TV kind of makes it look a lot closer than it was, but I kind of leaned over to, like, J.D., all right, man? And he just got up and just had this look on his face like nothing happened. Fine. The
2: Good. one the fourth thing fourth is about person. him, he really has really carried the team this year.
1: He has. He has. He's been incredible. And he that's what I mean. That's what I mean. The first two seasons, and especially at the end of last season, um, he just kind of it was tough. it was tough to watch and it happens, but this season has been his redemption season, and he is redeeming himself minute by minute. and he's been incredible this first half. He really has
0: mm-hmm. and, to, and to me, like I said here, Mitchell Tanner, like said here, I think he and, and I know um Devin Kerr and Mike Watts have, have talked about how as a defender, he's in the discussion for MVP. That's the type of year that he's had. And and normally it's, you know, you know, the berries, the goal scorers are the ones here, but um, he is the anchor of of the defense. He is the leader of the defense. Um, There is no question. I think he's the only person on the team that's played all minutes um, at this point uh, for that here. So to to me, Mitchell Tanner, like I said here, you know, he's a fan favorite. Uh, you know, like I said here, you yeah, know, I love his, his you know, his pictures when, when he comes home from a, a winning road trip with the dogs. And uh if you go on the road, he's one of the first people that will go and say hello and, and uh for that here. Uh you know, so to me, like I said, here he, he is what San Antonio and and Alan Marcino wants in a player. Final thoughts, guys. Uh Robert mentioned uh Tainer MVP our def- uh, team is defense, he reps what we're all about. And and that's and that's nothing to say Jordan Farr as well because um, Jordan Farr has also kept us in, in some matches as well. Final thoughts, Rafa?
2: Uh, just my thoughts. Like I said, hopefully we have a big crowd Saturday against Atlanta to give them a loss before they move to MLS next next year and and just also uh, you know everybody be out there to be careful. I know COVID's kind of creeping back, you know and just make sure you're vaccinated, wear your masks, just have your hand sanitizer, just be safe. And that way you can attend all the games there, there, especially on Saturday. So, you know, we need bigger crowds to come out there to cheer on our team in the second half of the season.
0: Royce, your final thoughts? I'm
1: going to not bring the room down or anything. Obviously, a lot of things are going on right now that aren't that aren't the best. But um, stay hydrated, stay cool. Um, if you need to go to a cooling station, the city has plenty of cooling stations. It's dumb hot um, at the same rate. Um, trying to keep it about the team. I'm excited for the second half and to see what this team does. Um, have the potential to just just dominate this thing to the end, and we'll see. And it's it's been. And like I've said in tweets, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to cheer this team on. Like it's incredible that this is the team that I support and how successful they are. And it's just been fun. This whole season has been fun. Um, And I'm looking forward to the second half. I can't believe it's only halfway over because we get a whole other half of this, of this fun, of this success. So let's keep it going. Um, Let's get another 17 what do we need 21 wins 22 wins to win it all mm-hmm. let's do it let's do it let's go i'm excited let's go
0: so my final thought number well i got two final thoughts one uh support lower league soccer whether it's uh corinthians fc uh, sa is san antonio corinthians uh san antonio athenians if uh you know uh, they are the team that makes to the playoffs out of the uws uh, for that here. And we'll probably address the UWS issue uh, on a different show, but it just wasn't uh, just wasn't appropriate to do it at this point because there is still some misinformation out there. Yeah. The story's and, not
2: complete
1: yet. The story's still developing. So we got to wait to report so on it until it, we don't want to give incomplete information and, and, <clears throat> uh, and assume things. We want to yes, wait until everything so, comes yeah. out and give a proper breakdown of what happened.
0: So we will address that. And like I said here, we'll, we'll review the, the Athenian season uh, when it is over. Um, they, are, they are in there. Um, I know WPSL, none of the San Antonio teams made the playoffs. So the uh, Blossoms finished fourth um, in their conference. Um, but to me, uh, and like I said here, I don't care who you vote for. I have a preference, but you know, I won't tell you who to vote for. But we're at a crossroads uh, in this country here. Uh, So if you're not registered to vote, especially if you're a young person uh, to vote, um, especially if you're a woman um, vote uh, for that here, Um, you know, just, you know, rights, Uh, rights are disappearing. I'll Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll adjust that. If you are a person who is capable of getting pregnant, not just women. Yes, that is true. That is true. I don't
0: want to be Mr. Right.
1: Exactly. Have the physical capability (laughs) of being pregnant. Your rights are being taken (laughs) away. know and they're
0: not stopping if they will not stop they will they've already shown their cards that birth control and and you know rights to marry whoever you want to marry uh are on the table and and like i said here i am a small government person you know what you do in your bedroom who you marry that that should be your business it shouldn't be the business of the government. It shouldn't be the business of of the church down the street saying, hey, you know, you have to follow these rules or don't follow these rules. So um, I know we're a soccer podcast, but, you know, life is important, um, you know, and like I said here, just vote. You know, like I said here, you know, there's there's good candidates on each side uh, of it here. But like I said here, um, this is an important election coming up in November and it will be a point at, uh, that I'm going to be probably talking about uh, until until uh, that, you know, till the election, uh, just because it is that important. And, and like I said here, I do believe we need new leadership, both at the state, local, and and the national level, uh, on both sides, uh, you know, for here as well. So this isn't just a Republican or a Democrat issue. Um, to me, uh, we need we need we need to change a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, the current leaders at this point because they are not doing what we need to have done in society for us. So, but. Love you guys. Uh, yeah, I know we've got some new followers. Uh, thank you, um, Royce. Did you want something? Just waving bye. That's
1: it. That was a good so, show.
0: I gotta go pick up AJ. Uh, he did decide to go to Fiesta, Texas, after all.
1: Um, so <laughs> when the sun finally went down, which is, call.
0: I gotta give <laughs> well,
1: uh, my little rat right a bath. So,
0: so well, he he went to Fiesta, Texas, and then you know the, the family that he goes with it, which is two of his soccer friends. They go home, they get pizza, then they go out and play basketball. So it's, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's awesome it's a good it's trade off. that he plays, you know, he put, he, it's what I did. I played outside all day, you know, in the heat now it wasn't 110 degrees. Most, you know, you know, like it's been here, but to me, I think that's, that's how you build those friendships of, of, you know, that, that carry on for life and, you know, to get them through sports, but uh, hope everybody has a wonderful evening. Uh, I'll get this downloaded tonight and probably upload it in the morning. If not tonight. Royce, Rafa, Robert, sorry, we got to work on your internet. uh, You know, pay the hamsters a little bit more. Um, (laughs) Matt, hope you feel better. Uh, You know, like I said here, uh, I just got over the COVID, so uh, it's not fun and uh, it sucks to be able to miss games, but at least you're not missing uh, uh, Matt's last game. So, but what's life without goals? We are out of here. See ya.